We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. Alex Hurst uh, with Ben Wade and on the line I've got Norman Riley to talk to you about Manchester United 4, Newcastle United 1 on a difficult afternoon in the northwest for the Mags. Uh, much to talk about, uh, some positives as well as a few negatives. So Norman, I'll start with you. What are you taking from that game? You were in the away end with me. What are you taking from it? Are you going to concentrate uh, over the next week on the first 30 or the last 60? Oh, definitely the first thirty. You have to. We have. We have to. Um, there's what what can be done about the last sixty minutes. Manu were, Manu kind of. I mean, I'll, I'll say a step up again. They just they realised where they were going to get joy, and there we will come into that later on, obviously, um, and, and they punished us for it. But the first thirty minutes, I thought we were. I mean, that that was as good a thirty minutes as I've seen us play in a in a team of Man United's caliber in 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 years. It was it was controlled. It was we were on top. I mean the. There was an early chance for Lukaku, obviously, that he spooned over the ball. But, but apart from that, um, Shelby was was dictating the game, I thought. Um, Yedlin was looking dangerous. Gale and Hossler were, were really working in tandem well together, I thought. Um, and we just looked really good. Now, of course, it's only 30 minutes. So, you know, I'm trying not to get too hyperbolic. But um, it was it was really, really good. And, and the goal, um, the, the build-up for the goal was excellent. The, the fact that... Clark and um, I think Gale played that one too, and Gale put it out to Yedlin. You know, he just, he, obviously the motoring down the right hand side. But what was really impressive was Gale's um, just Gale's running. That's that's the Dwight Gale that we that we like we've grown to um, to love. Just kind of posi- getting himself in the box and putting himself in a position where he, he's he's going to get a he's going to get a shot off. And um, obviously Lindelof's um, fall helped. But I st- you know I, I still think Gale would have got the shot off, and it would have been in the net, and it was a it was a brilliant finish and. And you think at that stage one up away at Man U. I mean, obviously you you saw my celebration, which was um, just this fantastic uh, cardboard cutout reaction. I, I pretty much didn't move for five minutes, um, and I thought, oh, they'll come out now. But for the sort of next five ten minutes after after we scored, the um, we still controlled it. And obviously Murphy's Murphy's effort of that had gone in. Who, who knows? Um, and it, it was just really good. And I think. Um, yeah, we're going to the last sixty minutes. Me and you, me and you saw a couple of times where I think you you said to me when Hayden was booked really early on that could come back to haunt them. And um, obviously, the first goal as it was happening, I turned around to you, I think, and I said, "Hayden's breaking it here. He can't. He can't put his foot in." And yeah. um, what happened? Pogba put the ball in, and 
and Elliot didn't come pro. I, I mean, I think that's something we're going to go into later on. And, and the equaliser went in, and I think, you know, we had um, we went to we were doing all right still. Ones each, I think, if we go into half time, ones each, brilliant. And then the second goal came, and that's that's when you think it's going to be a tough ask now. And but even after that, so let, let's see the first forty-five minutes really, because you know Hayden's chance, he fashioned it fantastically. It was just um, I think he just panicked a little bit and put it straight into the gear, and uh, the, we got unlucky with the rebound. So even going into half time, two one down, there was still kind of reasons. Reasons to be optimistic for the second half, and um, obviously we came out. And the second half was a completely, completely different game. That the, the, um, the, the new, the kind of knew what what to do, and um, we just had to had to deal with it. And you know, the, 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 we'll take the positives out of it though. Um, Murphy really, really pleased for the for the kid. I thought he, you know, I thought he did really well. Um, his confidence is hopefully going to take, hopefully going to take a massive boost from that. Shelby was was excellent for good parts of the game. Lejeune was. More or less solid. He, he let Lukaku bully him slightly for that goal, but he still had a good game apart from that. Um, really impressed with Yedlin. And we also have um, Marino and Lascelles hopefully to come back against Watford and it'll be a, it'll be a completely different game. So I, I'm just going to stay positive and hopefully that'll, the players will carry over those sort of first 30, 45 minutes into the Watford game. You mentioned there Murphy. I think me and you in the first half, because me and Norm were at the game, Ben watched it in the Crow's Nest uh, in town. And we actually thought Murphy should have been taken off at half time, okay. um, because despite that shot which he got away, which was a really good bit of play, and you know he, he did as much as he possibly could really, um, you know he could have got it on target, but likelihood is if you're not aiming for that far post or far corner, it's not going to go in. And De Gea was seriously worried. I thought in the second half it was so positive that he he really came on. He was, he was getting a bit of stick from the away, and he was in the first half, Murphy. Um, give the ball away a couple of times in in the second half. You really saw him grow into the game, and it's what not just us in the podcast. I'm sure plenty of other people listening have been saying for a while. Kid, however old he is, twenty years old, twenty one years old, comes into the Premier League, comes into a team who are newly promoted. He's not going to he's not going to show what he can do in the last six minutes against Burnley away or when we've just conceded to, to Bournemouth in the 93rd minute he needs games I don't want to judge Jacob Murphy fully until I've seen him play 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games preferably close together in the Premier League whether he gets that opportunity or not time will tell I don't know how long Christian Atsu was out for but it certainly was really promising second half he was far more comfortable on the ball he was bringing teammates into play and he really caused Man United problems so really positive on that front um, even though I thought he, he, he started quite shakily in the first half but again the more he plays the better he'll get and putting in a performance like that and then again we don't want to go too far over the top he hasn't scored he hasn't created uh, a chance, a chance for, for a teammate etc but it's really really promising in a position Ben that uh, we're, we're really worried about one thing I want to talk to you Ben about and Norman's touched on Isaac Hayden a little bit there for the second game in a row we just seemed really exposed to the counter attack which is so much not like us, particularly under Rafa, it's like us against McLaren, who were just got done constantly on the counter through naivety. But how, how, how you know the third goal particularly, how were so and there was there was other counter attacks which Man United didn't score from, which were almost identical down their right hand side, mm. um, coming through the middle of the pitch. How were so exposed through the middle so often, and it isn't that Isaac Hayden's job to stop that? Do you think, or am I being harsh? Yeah, no, I, I think he's in in that team to to be the the enforcer and to sort of be the protector of the back four. Shelby's not going to do it. Um, Shelby's in there to be, to do the playmaking and to to be fair to him, 
he had to do it for two people because I think again last yesterday showed Hayden. He, I think it's just a confidence thing. He 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 just refuses to sort of try and try and move the ball forward or or contribute to anything going forward. So I think if you're gonna play play like that and and make Shelby do do what any of the sort of the donkey work getting the ball forward, then you've got to then do do your, uh, sort of more of the, the the defensive work and put yourself about. I think you were spot on there in in highlighting that yellow card so early in the game. Like we've seen it loads of times in even in the championship last season. When he gets booked early in a game, it completely, completely restricts his 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 game because he he can't then take any risks of, of of putting in a, a tackle or, and it, and he's the, in that position as well. It's the type of position where you you generally will get a few, um sort of fouls. You get you get extra fouls I reckon to to sort of play with. Whereas when you get booked that early, you'd like every one after that you're thinking shit like, mm. I, my next one could if if you if the referee's already put this, yeah. he's, he's going to send off the next one. So you you. You just lose that confidence, I think, of, of being able to make a few niggly fouls that wouldn't normally get you yellow card, but then the second you're on one, you're like you're more like less likely to to take those risks. And I think you spot on with with that, um, with that analysis there, uh, Norman. That I, I think that did play on his mind, and you could see it impacted him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a frustrating one, I think, as well. I mean, you saw the the fullbacks. I mean, you, you mentioned Yedlin had a really good game. I mean, he was bombing forward in the first half a lot, and I think. Because we saw that we had the opportunity to attack down the wings, and we, that's where sort of our pace was was um, have, having joy against them. That that obviously meant that they those the, the fullbacks were, were getting forward a bit, and meant that um, we were maybe a bit bit more exposed. I think as well that the four four two we we talked about it the last couple of games when he, he played it against Bournemouth. You you don't have that midfielder dropping in deep. There. Perez does a lot of defensive work really in in that ten role. Well, you didn't. You don't really get that from Hosselu or, See, or Gale. I so. just disagree with this slightly. You're, you're right for for the for second half, definitely. I think in the first half, particularly at nil nil, one nil, and one one, Gale was doing that. And then as soon as it's not his natural, it's not. As I soon as know, we went one goal he's, behind, he's less, he's less versed at it. It's, it's oh, definitely. Point. So but he's he, not as effective at doing it. I get he does. He was doing a lot of running. I'm not. No, I think I think particularly running back and hurrying. But as soon as we went a goal behind, it was kind of like right. We need a goal. And they just opened up, but I suppose to bring it back to Hayden, I'll I'll just put something here, Ben. Um, I I kind of at the start of last season had a major wobble about him <laughs> after the Huddersfield game. After I judged him too early, and I was like, I can't say it, I can't say it because we were so that. pedestrian in midfield, and I was in, I was proved emphatically wrong. I love the the bloke. He's he's min. He's a great lad, and he's put in some fantastic performance for Newcastle. You know, I'm not going to write him off as recently as Southampton away. He he was excellent in that game. Scored mm. a good goal. However. Do you think that maybe at this stage in his career, 23, 22 probably, 22 years old, is it too much for him to play in a two-man midfield in the Premier League? No, I don't. I, let's, let's be honest, we're playing, he's, he's playing against one of the most expensive footballers in the world. I was like, playing against Bournemouth last week and he was shite. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think it was more... He wasn't that bad last week in, no, in terms of... He looked, he, looked, he, looked worse, he looked worse yesterday because he's playing against top quality and I think yeah. there's a lot of things. I mean, we... I, Again, with what Norman said, you, I think you've got to focus more on the first thirty and look how well we adapted to to them, and and we were the better, we were the only team really in it for the first first thirty minutes or so, and had some good chances. I mean, the Murphy they, one they, where they, they he didn't push for it, didn't sort of put put um Gale in when he should have done, but like you 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 expecting at some point some reaction from world class players to work you out. Mm. So I don't think you can. <laughs> be too critical about one point 
whatever he was, millions pound signing yeah. Isaac <laughs> Hayden for getting done by Paul Pogba and, and the, the three-man midfield that they had. And that's the thing, I mean, if you want to analyse their first goal, it's really poor for a number of reasons. We're going to talk about the goalkeeper at the end of the show, but so leaving him out of it. Number one, you've left Isaac Hayden one-on-one against Paul Pogba. I don't want to get upset people and I don't want to start, you know, because I saw loads of people on Twitter after the game yesterday, so, oh, pundits love Paul Pogba. Mm. Paul Pogba is fucking class. Yeah, if there is a £90 million pound footballer, <laughs> if there's an example of a £90 million pound footballer, that was one yesterday. From the away end, I'm pretty sure you felt the same, Norman, when we were just stood there thinking, Jesus he fucking Christ, he's, ma- he's making he our lads um, look like chumps. That's that's what I mean. It's, it's like, he's so, it's, it's not even that he's, obviously he's a brilliant technical footballer, but he's just so strong. He literally like he puts his back into someone and they they, they go flying about uh, like a couple of yards away and it's like he's so like you can't you can't get the ball off the bloke he's so big he's yeah. just so, but, so physically stronger so you look at slight little uh, Isaac Hayden like I don't blame him for being dominated three cheers for Paul Pogba <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean so there's two but two things for the first goal one I don't understand why. Considering we conceded the header, so we're not packing the six-yard box, clearly not packing the six-yard box, um, why does no one come out to help? And and you look at, you know, I think, you know, Richie, when Richie first comes against, I think it's Valencia, he's turning around to see where the centre-back is, yeah. and then he realises, shit, I'm by myself yeah. here. Valencia runs in the box, Richie does the right thing, shows him onto his left foot, yeah. he gives him the fucking freedom of old traffic, to have a, cut inside, have a shot mate, which is clearly <laughs> what they've been told by... Um, Rafa. Rafa, similar to uh, Timothy Atuba, I think that's his name, the fucking Spurs kid who, like Stephen Carges, was like, go on, mate, have a shot, and he killed one in the top corner in the 0 5 season. But um, Rafa, Rafa had Valencia better worked out than uh, Sir Bobby did with uh, Timothy. But um, that's, so that's okay. And then Hayden, I think his body shape's all wrong. He's almost tackling with the wrong foot. But having said that, I, I would still hoped he would do something better there. I don't think, unless you swipe him down, you're not going to get booked. It's almost better because of the height that they have, you know, against our fullbacks, which was crudely exposed um, for the goal. Mm. It's almost like you've got to do everything you possibly can there as a team. Stop that cross, stop that cross, stop that cross. Mm. And it's like, we're 1-0 up and it almost just felt a little bit so like, un- it just wasn't us letting them get that cross in. It yeah. wasn't even a whipped cross, it was a stood-up ball. Manchester United practiced it, you got Yedlin, you got Mankio, back post yeah, headers. Yeah. What got done, if you look, um, the third goal was a back, well, yeah. the fucking first three goals were all back yeah, post headers. It's a well, the, the full back wasn't even there. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, we'll, we'll go through it all, but I just thought, I don't want to, you know, rinse Isaac too much for that one, but it was... I think what you, you, I, you, I noticed though, time and time again, they were getting three against two in those wide channels, yeah. which meant they always had that extra man to put whatever ball they wanted in. I think, that was obviously something they probably. I mean, let's be honest. They'll have done their homework on us as well. They've probably realised like we we do we do, we don't overcommit sort of the players wide. So that that was something where they they were able to um, get get a lot of space and and work those two against ones to get the balls into the, to the back posts where it was. So I think it's just you've got to hold your hands up and say fair play to them. They've got a strength there. We they find a okay. I'll I'll say this though for the first goal. We, and I've said this before on the podcast a few times, we start need, needing to be more shithouse. We start needing to be difficult for referees and difficult for opponent players. Give a great example, Valencia. When Rob, this, you know, you know the, those situations when players are attacking and a player pretends to be injured yeah, and yeah, yeah. they get frustrated and they sometimes don't always give the ball back. This wasn't one of those. Rob Elliott had the ball, mm-hmm. kicked it out of play because he was hurt. Yeah. So, so 
Manchester United weren't at any disadvantage. Uh, the fact that it was in like the 28th minute, there was loads of time left. Yeah. The referee was always going to add it on. And, and Valencia does that. I don't know if you saw on the telly what he did. So rather than pass the ball back to Rob Elliott, he kicked it into our corner for, for a throw oh, into right. us. And they, they contested it. Yeah. And it's like, we're all going nuts. And I turned to Norman and I said, it, I wish we were a bit more like that. Yeah. Like if, if he does that for us, yeah. I wish we weren't so nice and... Again, this may be hypercritical, but you know Yedlin for that goal on the back post, right? Yeah. He got on to New Martial. Mm-hmm. It's a great cross. They keep us fucking nowhere, even though yeah, it's ahead yeah. in the six-yard box. I'm thinking, you've got, you got two choices here, right? Number one, you fall over. Yeah. You fall over and play for the push. Like, even though you haven't been pushed, yeah, you're yeah. Not, you are not going to win dive, the header. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like five inches taller than you, and he's brilliant in the air. Mm-hmm. He costs 50 million quid. Yeah. Like... You either do that mm-hmm. or you back into him yeah, and risk the pen. Long. And maybe we're sat here slagging off DeAndre Yedlin. Maybe, you know, that's how fine the margins are. I just yeah. felt like, I just we're feel like we, we, give, we give teams sometimes a lot of easy options because we're too nice. And you look at that, you know, that goal didn't come long after the Valencia, what yeah, Valencia yeah, yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And you just think if, if if that's a more experienced, I mean, he's still young, Yedlin. If that's a more experienced or, you know, a, a traditional right back from, from down the years, even so we've had playing for us, the jump and the and the flyover yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, because they're saying he's pushed me there yeah, yeah. and and even when Martial Martial actually does lean him a little bit mm-hmm. as soon as Yedlin feels yeah, contact there that. you exaggerate yeah. that contact and it's just it's just us at the moment we're just we're just a nice we're just they're just a cracking set of lads <laughs> who we really <laughs> like for loads of reasons but it's it's frustrating that you know there's been a few times this season where I felt. Just a bit naive. Well, not naive. You know what? You know what we should have been doing there. Even though, even though we, me, you, Norman, everyone listening, even though we know the referee can't do anything to Valencia, we surround the ref. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? We surround the ref. We make the ref say, "He's a fucking cunt." Yeah, yeah look, yeah, yeah. are you just kidding us? You, like, you, you do that. You put some pressure on them, and mm-hmm. instead, the players just kind of had a bit of a arms out, like, "Oh, right, okay, yeah. we'll defend. We'll defend yeah, run." Yeah, and con- considering we'll have thrown the ball back to the opposition anyway, yeah, like, yeah. no, Mourinho probably worked on that. <laughs> like, get the ball down there if you can. If they put it out, um, and that, but that's classic Mourinho, is it? That that is the behaviour of a Mourinho team, which and it's like you know he he wins football matches. Yeah. Um, I just had a kind of long, or oh, I've made a point on Thursday's preview podcast about like the context of the result and how it was going to go in the performance because you have these six away fixtures against the top six. How are they going to go? Is it six automatic defeats mm-hmm. as it is for most clubs in the Premier League? Mm-hmm. And I'm, even though we got beat 4-1, I'm, I'm infused by our ability to harm Manchester United. I don't yeah. know if you saw the start on match of the day. That was the first goal Manchester United conceded at home from open play since New Year's Eve. Oh, last year, um, the first goal they conceded this season at home, and we we could have had a couple, you know, on another day, right. and that without our best, probably well, arguably one of our best players in Marino, yeah. well, with our main and my in my opinion, our main attacking outlet, even though Richie's got more assists, um, Christian Atsu, and we're without our best defender, and we've managed to go there. And, yeah, and it was four one, and Man United were much better as in the second half. I mean, it's it's all it's easy, isn't it? Because we all know that second goal, um, right on half time. Heads go down. Rafa alluded to it. We had to come out and then we'll get done on the counter attack because we had to try and score. Me and Norman was saying at half time. Yeah. What do we do? Do we try and play tight for 15, 20 and then have a go last 15? Yeah. And I think we even, I don't know, I can't remember Norman, but I think we both said he'd probably come out and try and attack. So we'll just concede. Yeah. Yeah. Man United haven't lost a lead, um, haven't lost a game when they've been leading at half time. I don't know the exact stat, but probably since like. Forever. Like fucking King Henry did's coronation, it's been that long, and the players will know that they're like, right, these are winning at half time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chances of us getting back here <laughs> are fucked. Having said that, normal, I'll bring you in. 
would you have expe expected a little bit more from that second half? Because I'm infused by the first 30 and I'll cling to that first 30 for the games against Chelsea away and the games against Arsenal away. And by the way, those two teams, Chelsea and Arsenal, aren't, aren't anywhere near the level of this Manchester United team, I don't think. So, um, you know, are, are you, you going to take, do you think we're going to harm those teams? But also, do you think that the second half was maybe not, did the lads not do themselves justice? Um, I, th I think we can we can harm um, teams like Chelsea and Arsenal, and as you say, they they aren't as uh, they aren't as effective as as Man U. I mean, what what we saw yesterday from um, from them was that was just how unbelievably clinical they are. They, they are a clinical side, a clinical physical side, and they're um, they're an imposing opposition. But as for us in the second half, I mean, all right, yeah, of course it would have been you know it would have been good to have um, seen us come out and have a and have a go, but. It's up. What could we have done? What damage could we have done? But by that point, they're two one up. That so much better than us. And even any any if we if we if we left ourselves open to to have a go at them, I mean, it could have ended up being even even more. There's just we we unfortunately we couldn't damage them. We we done well in the first thirty minutes, but after that, that that was that was more or less it. When they went two one up, it was like we we can't we can't damage these. And I think I said in the in the match report, you know, we we're a team that at the moment is is you know is performing above the sum of his parts and I think we saw that yesterday in the second half there was just there was nothing there was like there was nothing we could do against them um you mentioned Pogba before and I think I think for the, I, I said you a couple of times during the game match basically just there was like just nothing got past them at all um in that second half and um I think I we were just it just what it did was it just exposed our our limitations um going forward when when we're a goal behind um, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like look too deeply into the fact that we didn't go out and didn't give a bit more. I just think that we 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 ultimately did did what we could. And that's the thing I've been. I think that was my sixth visit to Old Trafford. I've seen them win once, which was of course was absolutely superb. Uh, I've not been there for either of the the draws uh, that we've had against them one one and nil nil in recent years. The rest have just been defeats, and I've seen them go down the likes of Glen Road or Graham Souness and just get beat. Basically, not even not even land a punch yeah. and only concede two and get out of there. Head to the next game and you're like, well, we've still got our goal difference. We've still got this or that. That was um that was better in in, in India way. And even though um we enjoyed five hours of solid drinking in Manchester beforehand, um like it it, it just felt a little bit different uh, to those defeats in the past. And obviously we've got Rafa, we've got a team that tries, we've got a lot going for as a club with the hopefully the sale in the pipeline but I just felt like I know it's 4-1 and I've just watched the highlights back for the first time on match of the day after driving back this morning um, I just felt like it was alright and I know it's shit to say that after a 4-1 defeat but I'm not too disappointed it's, I'm exactly the same it's not that I mean it, the 4-1 it was a, a bit of a mare in the end and you thought it could have been could have potentially been more I mean they were 4-1 with what 20, 20 minutes to go or so I mean yeah, I agree. I, I think we could take that, and it's it's the first sort of prop hammering we've had un, under Rafa. It doesn't yeah. happen a lot, and you know he that he'll be able to use that. He'll be able to work on how Man U worked us out and what what they did, and it'll I think we'll be better for it. So, um, I think we'll take it. You you expect to to get beat off a team that costs four or five hundred million or whatever, and they've got some of the best players in well, the world Paul, playing for them. Paul Pogba costs more than our whole team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you 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 just say, look, that's. It's shit, but and, you can take it, and I think we'll be better off having re been on the receiving end of something like that. I think they'll be able to fix those issues, um, or at least work on them, um, and and make sure that it doesn't happen again. 
you know, I don't want anyone listening to this to think, you know what, they're happy getting beat 4-1 and this kind of happy clap stuff. We are where we are because of Mike Ashley. I don't think any Castle team ever should be pleased enough with a performance in a 4-1 defeat in any game, particularly even against a team like that. But you want to underinvest as we did and, and screw the football club as much as happened in the summer. This is going to happen. You know, there's a lot of Newcastle fans of a certain age, probably where late 20s now, there are Newcastle fans who are in their teens or younger who are probably just used to Newcastle being shit. Um, and that's where we are, unfortunately. I and, mean, you know, we're in 11th in the league. That could change today or tomorrow, I think, if Stoke win. Um, but it's, we're all right at the moment. Next week becomes a massive game. We'll have a full preview, as, as always, on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Norman, uh, Hay- Hayden's now suspended fifth booking yesterday. Hayden's now suspended for the game against Watford next week. Just how much do you think that standing ovation from the Man U fans will have done for Modiame? It was incredible. And you know what? I have, to, um, I have to really just say that those Man United fans are, are wonderful human beings because if anyone deserved the 75,000 stand ovation coming on the pitch, little chap, it's Modiame. And I'm, I'm over the do moon. You, do you know what I mean? And, um, He'll take, take it into the game against Watford, he'll have an absolute blinder, I don't doubt it. For, for those of you who weren't there, I haven't noticed, um, Zlatan and came on at the same time as Diame, oh. so they both <laughs> ran on the pitch at the same time, and just looked like Diame was getting the, the ovation of all ovations. Um, I, you know, I, thought, I, I, was, I was trying to think of the link, is Diame played for my before? Surely not. Like, like I, tried, I thought I was really clever, because I said to Norman, some ovation for Diame, and then like nine blokes around us made the same joke, uh. in about a 60 second spell, and I was like, all oh, right, it's not that good. Um, you said it first, mate. I you did, I did. First, I first. <laughs> but, um, you know, just a bit a weird one this moment. Uh, this is this is so weird, right? Do you remember when Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I'm not going to just call him Zlatan, remember when Ibrahimovic <laughs> got the ball on each occasion and there was this weird, like, scream amongst the away, the home support? Like, a, a, you know, every time he, like, got possession, there was, like, a cheer. What, like teenagers at a Beatles yes. concert kind of thing? Yes, and I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to be really harsh, but that's got to be in the tourists. Has it? Because no, no, that's not normal man. football. It was, it, it was, yeah, it was embarrassing. It, it was because dead think, cringy. Think of the lads that were you on the drink with before the match, those Man U fans. They're like, they're, they're, like, they're your football fans right there. Absolutely bang on lads. No bullshit about them. They wouldn't have been squealing like, you know, like that yeah. whenever Imovic came on. So you're right, that's that's your, like, um, your, day, your day trip as that, like, because they've, they've come to see... They haven't come to see Man United, they've come to see the player, like the individual players on the pitch, yeah. if you know what I mean? It's I can't if you listen to this and you didn't hear it, it's one of it's probably the worst thing I've ever experienced in a football match and I've seen Newcastle get relegated. Like in front of me, like it's just it was just so surreal and like it was just like like you say, it was like teenagers go like whenever he got the ball, people going, Yeah, like that. It's just <laughs> fucking hell the one a once proud club. I mean on on, on Old Trafford, like I mean the atmosphere was shite, but it's shite everywhere. Um, including St James's Park a lot of the time, although it's been better this season. Um, but you can't if you haven't been. It's just it is just a tourist club. There are still tens of thousands of proper football fans going. But I mean, I stayed in Hotel Football, which is next to it, uh, and it's like you know, I, no one gives a shit about what I think. Why would they? But like it was, it was a nice hotel. But I very qu- quickly realised that I was staying in a hotel designed for football tourists. Mm-hmm. And Give the full story it, though, mate. You you said you were staying in a hotel, but come on, let's let's get it out there. Uh, get it out on a public forum. What happened? I accidentally booked the hotel for the night, which is Sunday, rather than Saturday, 
And uh, when I booked the hotel, I couldn't believe how cheap it was for a four-star hotel. It's fucking hell, it's like only 80 quid this, like, short notice, like, oh, brilliant, that, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable, that, it's so cheap. Like, you know, all the other hotels in Manchester on a Saturday were like 200 quid a night, 180 quid a night. I was like, fucking brilliant, get in, get there, you've booked for Sunday. How much is it for the night? 270 quid. It's like, so three, 350 over the two nights. So watch, we're going to get beat. So who's, who's in the room tonight then? <laughs> Alex is going back down. I'm, I'm just about to drive back down to get the, uh, <laughs> you know, there's uh, the stadium tour. So, so there was some 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 lass from Spain from Madrid. She comes to every home game. I'm like, you're you're from Madrid, like got loads of footy teams, like <laughs> loads of footy. Te- anyway, anyway, we're not we'll not get into that debate now. But it was it was depressing being like in this massive hotel just full of people not from Manchester. <laughs> not that you have to be from the city to support a team, but you know what? They are glory supporters. They are, they are like, and it's just dead hard to communicate with them, you know. Obviously, Norman had to do, like, the Great North Run to catch his train on time. So, yeah. you know, we've been outside for a while, been drinking for ages. I came into the hotel a bit worse for where all this shit's going on. And, and I dropped my bag off there earlier in the day, got back and the, 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 either lost the key for the room or they couldn't get in it because of some electrical failure. So I couldn't get my phone charger. Sure. I couldn't get my book, which I wanted to read. I couldn't get my water. You know, it was just watching the castle away. Yeah, like we need to get a daddy off his strings on or something, yeah. <laughs> um, um, my, um, my, my little run story had an extra bit at the end as well. So we, uh, I, I booked a, obviously I booked a taxi, caught at the eight to pick us up outside of uh, World Trafford, outside the Tesco's. The taxi didn't, um, didn't turn up or someone else dived in it, whatever it was. Um, so I think it was five to eight by this point. We chairman was due to leave the last one in London at twenty-five to nine, and it was about five to eight, wasn't it? And I said, "Yeah, uh, it was." I. You, was you checked how long it would be on foot, and it was like what three three miles. Like, it was saying one hour six minutes walking. Yeah. And I just uh, and bear in mind I'd had like I think I'd had about six or seven pints by this point, and um, I'd also just eat, <laughs> just eaten <laughs> eaten like a falafel wrap, uh, and um, <laughs> I had like four liaisons. on. And um, I just thought, I'm going to run. I'm going to do it. And I ran. And I've never run like that my entire life. And I got there, got to the station, realised, obviously, my phone had been dead for two hours. My, t- my train tickets on my phone, weren't they? Oh, the barcode and everything. Ran, in, ran into Smith's, bought one of those little chargers, plugged my phone into it. It was two minutes from the leave. Nothing happened. Pleaded with the guard, and he let me on the train. Got on the train, absolutely rammed no seats. Went into first class. Sat in first class with two of my new fans heading... Heading to um, heading to Essex and they they just plied us. They plied me with Fosters and Bulmas. So you know what? It wasn't too bad in the end. Really. <laughs> you, you say that like it's normal, mate. Like uh, what? Ha- what did you have to provide for them? <laughs> what was it? What were they getting out of this? You were getting the free booze. <laughs> what was their end of the deal? Waiting <laughs> um, They also asked me to sing the um, the well, you know, because the, that epic kind of twenty minutes. Hello, hello. Where are the Geordie boys at the end? That that I mean that was that was pretty special. I thought. Um, it was just, it was like, it was non-stop, and they asked me what, what we were saying, because uh, they, it was, it was her, it was re- it kind of reverberating all around the ground, and uh, they got me to sing that, so I played the dancing bear for a bit and got some beers out of it, so you know what, it's like. yeah, It's quite a very, very unorganised segue into me wanting to talk about the support last night. You're totally right, that, um, I mean, I think it was about 10, 15 minutes, well, probably 10 minutes before the final whistle, and then 10 minutes after the final whistle, a large proportion of the away end just stayed in singing that and it was class and it was it was it was us do you know what I mean that's that's Newcastle United supposed to its best like defiant two fingers up to fucking Man United and the rest of them 
Um, you know, it's like Brighton, Brighton last year as well, wasn't it? You said the oh, type I, of thing. But Brighton would just won the biggest game of the season. Yeah, we've just I been home 4-1 here, even though we're good. <laughs> like, and it was just, that's us, and it's like, it's a pleasure to be part of it. On the other hand, even though the, uh-huh. overall the, the vocals back was excellent throughout the game, regardless of the score, t- people didn't really get on the players' back, which is good as well, very positive. Um, the constant singing about Alan Shearer at Old Trafford is tin pot and embarrassing. Number one, it happened 21 years ago. A lot of my new fans there, a little percentage, won't even have been born. Like, or when weren't supporting yeah, the fucking tourists. Aye, or were supporting like, a different club at the time, like <laughs> Chelsea or someone. Um, and then number two, like we were singing the song, like, hey, Alan Shearer, I want to know how you score that goal. Great. It, it's weird that no one sings about Shearer now. It is weird for how much he's adored and loved yeah. by the fan base. And he got some catchy songs. No one sings them. And and it was it's it's kind of like right that our back it let's sing it every game. Had yeah, had has to be Manu to it, get that. While Alan Shearer was playing from playing for Manu, they won like every single cup there is to win. Like Alan it's Shearer. Not, oh, funny castle, sorry. <laughs> I, um maybe I've been uh you know, me and Norman met up with some like Manu fans who sorted their singing section out, oh, the right. uh, J Block or something, who are really good lads. <laughs> um in a pub in Manchester, so maybe I've been like, you know, the the rimy head, but whatever. <laughs> But like, it's just like singing, he turned you down, and it's like it doesn't actually wind the Man U fans up. It doesn't. They don't care. Yeah. Like they couldn't give a toss. Um, it just makes us look stupid. And I, I'd rather the the way fans, not that you know, it's up to me, sung about the lads on the pitch rather than trying relentlessly take the piss out of Man U fans for Shearer turning them down. It's the kind of song you sing if you're one 0 up in the ninetieth minute or you pick you you win two or three nil. Yeah. Like it's just it's just weird, and I wish. I don't know. I just think it's uh, you. You've just nailed it. Like if we if we did it every game, then you could do it more so at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Then it makes sense. But the fact that that's the first time I've heard that Alan Shearer song sung in like fifteen years, <laughs> and that's probably an exaggeration. But um, ten years or so, I don't know. It's just weird, and it's just like we're better than that. But the away support was very good. Um, that yeah, was just the concourse little... as well. The, the the concourse before the match was embarrassing. Like the like the. The, the lads and I'm guessing that they they're, they're young relatively young young lads you know like late teens like chucking plastic beer yeah like uh, like uh, beer glasses like just through launching beer like in the crowds I mean you just like what what's what's the point what are you achieving by doing that it's, uh, it's a bit pathetic but there you go what a waste, drinking, it's, right? it's a waste of good beer isn't it um, no it isn't there's, no, there's nothing wrong with like you know getting a gun on a concourse and people people are learning songs and singing and getting up for the game and it's not just young people involved but it's, it always seems to be the younger ones who are hiring a full fucking pint of Heineken you, which is cost four quid. <laughs> this time last season you bloody spent half, like, half the podcast ranting about a concourse pattern how much you well, that's, that, well, I do but that's what I do, I do <laughs> I'm just saying like, there's nothing wrong with, with singing on the concourse it's hoying beer pushing people about generally thinking it's alright to be a dick because it, because you're in this enclosed space but <laughs> We'll be a negative, and it's supposed to be a positive podcast. So let's let's turn it round and be be potentially negative again. Um, Rob Elliott Norman is getting a lot of stick on social media. Fair or unfair? Um, malicious stick is never fair. Um, like any kind of personal stick, it's totally unnecessary. Grief based on his performance, it, you know, there is there is a justification for, for it. Um, the the fact is that yesterday. He, he pretty much didn't budge from his line, and they got three goals that were scored, like what four or five yards out. I mean, the I think the small and header was it. Uh, the small and header that made it two one. That was that was virtually on the line. Yeah. Um. The, the a couple of at least a couple of those goals. Even even if he hadn't made it, just just to attempt to come out, 
and challenge for the ball. You might put the would guy have, off. Would or have been like, up yeah. almost, you know. Um, and it, it was just, yeah, he was just. It was really, really kind of the, the poor performance yesterday from him. Um, I hate saying it, but that's that's reality. I mean, I think we we picked up on it. We're pretty much early on. Well, like, yeah, Elliot's having one of those days where he's just not coming off his line. It's almost like there's a um, there's like a kind of panic sets in, and he's just fearful of of committing too much. Um, and obviously, they, it, it, it affected us yesterday. And man, you picked them that pretty much straight. I mean, they they launched so many balls into that danger area. And I think he, I think I, I think he maybe came out once in Claremont, from what I remember. And um, I, it, well, I mean, you know, what, what is it? It it's, means nothing to anyone. But um, I would, I would like, I'd rather see Darwin at the moment. That's the truth. I think, to be honest, it's it's not just the. I mean, you, obviously. What was going about him being Rob Roots not coming off his line and all the rest of it, but it's he's just got he just got no presence. Like you think of all the good keepers that had like a presence about them that just put mm-hmm. put doubt into the mind of the attackers and and mate and and just you you mentioned that small and goal now as you say it's basically on the line, like it, it's a cracking jump from small and like he's got up like four or five foot above the the defender. It's a good ball in. Is that like you're probably not going to stop that kind of goal. But at the same time, come and fucking try and put him off. Just, just, just get in his face, like try and distract uh, exactly him. Exactly what I'm saying. Forget about put him off, then fucking clatter him. You're yeah. the keeper. Yeah, You're exactly. the one who can wipe people out yeah. without giving away a pen. And when have you ever seen Elliot do that? Yeah. There's two questions here. Number one is Robert Elliot good enough. Number two is Robert Elliot better than Carl Darlow. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to say yes to both of those questions. Yeah. So you can think that we need an improvement right, you know, in keeper. He's better than Darlow if you're saying. Well, no, because no, because uh, sorry, dollars better than him well, no, but we, we could have two goalkeepers who certainly aren't good enough, mm-hmm. and it's almost like we're a hybrid between the two would be great because you've got Carl Darlow who was guilty last year of charging off his line mm-hmm. when it wasn't required and we conceded goals against Norwich and Bristol mm-hmm. probably more, and then you've got Rob Elliott like I said to you pre-podcast Ben that's got this in, like invisible anchor around his left ankle <laughs> which he cost he physically can't get off his line like with any pace. And it's like, there was two occasions yesterday that spring to mind, not having seen the highlights. Twice he came out, and he did that kind of start to come out, stop, and then come out. And on both occasions, Lejeune in the first half and Clark in the second half actually had to run with the ball past him mm-hmm. into the corner. Yeah. And it's like, you just don't see that happen at this level. And it's it's going to start costing it. And I think to concede... Well, it already but, is. Yeah, well, I mean, to concede two headers in the first half, both in the six-yard box... That's your area as a keeper. You yeah. you could make arguments that uh, no keeper could have done anything anyway because great crosses both times, yeah. good headers both times, full back, Lejeune at, at fault. Also, I, I want me keeper to come and claim one of those. There was one in the first half where he could have easily caught the ball and he elected a punch and won under pressure straight away. Mm-hmm. Is it Robert Elliott's fault we got beat 4-1? Probably not. Would we have conceded any less with someone? Maybe not. But he hasn't made any saves bar the, the Zlatan one right at the end. And if we're going to get anything at Old Trafford... We are going to need a goalkeeper, yeah. a place like to, to to come up with the goods, and there aren't any games this season. I think you made a couple of good saves against um, Swansea. Mm-hmm. There aren't many games this season where you think, right, bloody hell, he's he's kept all the shit here. Maybe that's harsh, and like I said, maybe Darlow isn't any better than him. I, I I agree with Norman purely purely because of what we saw last season from Darlow. It's not just because anyone but Elliot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, some mental claim saying start Woodman. Absolutely not. That that would be mental for a kid of that age, but. We we need a better keeper in January. It's essential, and I think Rafa knew that. And Rafa, one of the reasons he probably um won't play Darlow is because they clearly tried to get rid of Darlow in the summer. It didn't happen. Out of the two of them, Darlow's 25, 26. He's the saleable asset. He's the young English keeper who who might have a still a Premier League career in front of him. 
Um, and Elliot clearly doesn't because well, he's, 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 he's older than him. He doesn't have that much value. So okay. he probably thinks Darlow knows that he's still potentially on the way out in January if they can bring in a keeper. I would still play Darlow personally. Rafa knows best, as is, uh, as is the, you know, the case with everything. Um, ben, that's the first time um, in Rafa we've conceded four, three defeats on the bounce. Are you concerned? Um, it's a tough one. Like we we expected a tough season, and I guess up till the, before the three games, you might have said we'd overachieved. Oh yeah, um, we're sixth. Exactly. Like, but then we've we've had two poor results against Bournemouth, um, and and Burnley. And it's just the the frustrating games because, again, it's just we we it's obvious what we're lacking. We're lacking sort of the quality at the, the top end of the pitch but I haven't said that since we've gone the, the 4-4-2 we created a lot of chances we had a brilliant first half against Bournemouth um, should have scored a couple really we should have should have been well away in that game um, and then again against Man U we've gone to Man U and, and caused them trouble so we seem to be improving in that respect but it's at a cost of we're a bit more open at the back so it's a difficult one to judge whether you do, do we need us to, to just go back to being the, the tough team that doesn't really attack and just tries to ground out 1-0 wins or, or take your jaws when you can get them or are we actually it looks like he's trying to go out and actually win games by, by, by going a bit more offensively um, I'm not I'm not panicking at this stage I mean you, you're gonna you're gonna have games that you, you lose that you um, you don't expect to and, and vice versa you win win games that you don't but I think it, it is it, it's just I suppose it just lays better the fact that we've got such a, a thin squad. The the op- options there we haven't got any options. Um, we need January to come really and be able to 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 invest in in the squad. Just get more more bodies in really. I mean we, we don't have a left winger at the minute. I mean Murphy's been playing out right every game. I miss you, Johan Gufran. <laughs> exactly, but it's just just we just need we, we need a bit more depth to the squad that we don't have at the minute to to give options to change things. Um, I'm not. I'm not worried at the minute. I I think, through this point, if you'd have said we'll be eleventh after what eleven, twelve games or whatever, I'd I'd you've only lost one game where you've probably been hammered. You've been in all the games. I would have taken that. So, I'm not concerned. And I the, the, you can see there's positives in the team that are developing. As I say, the the attacking threat seems to be, um, working really well with with Hosselu and Gale. Seem to be linking up to better together now. And I think. When when we get everybody back fit, when we get Marina back in the team, we'll we'll start to see the the fruition of that. But um, yeah, I think it's just we're, we're missing missing a bit of uh, sort of what's the word other other options in the team at the minute. One of the pleasing things for me, like Norman alluded to, I've not been shy about saying I think Newcastle are at their best with Dwight Gale on the pitch. Um, it's great to see him play two games now in a row. Played the full 90 last week. He got about 70, 80 minutes this week. Um, very positive and he is crucial to our hopes of being successfully clear of allegation. Um, Hosley wasn't going to score many. Um, I thought Hosley was good yesterday. I thought his hold-up play was good. I thought he, he won a lot, a lot in the air. Um, you know, he didn't provide any goal threat again, which is a worry because ultimately that's what you are as a striker. Um, with Gale, I just feel like Dwight Gale's always going to score. Um, I thought a lot of people in Newcastle fans wrote him off saying he's not a Premier League striker. I disagree. I think he is a Premier League striker. I hope he gets to show us that. Um, people say he had this mental block because of the hamstring injuries. There didn't seem to be any of that yesterday. He was sprinting. He was putting people under pressure. He was running on 
beyond the back four. So really, really positive for me. And if, if the last thing that we need is a club takeover or no takeover, we don't need to be in trouble in January, just like 2015, where it gets to the stage of, oh, we'll, we'll buy in January and that will make things better because the history of the Premier League shows you that's rarely the case for teams in the relegation zone. Very rarely can teams buy their way out of trouble, even though we've got a much better manager than any of those probably clubs in the past. Um, so Dwight Gale staying fit and staying in the team and us creating chances for him is absolutely crucial to us over the next few weeks before the Christmas period's over. It's not It's not buying you, yourself out of trouble, though. I think there, there was a, a point where you look at the, the squad and we haven't got enough players in the, in the team because of the, the lack of investment that happened in... Oh, in, in the summer and well, listen, we need we need to buy in January, whatever. Right, I just we need think... we need we need some key 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 positions filling. Really, I mean, the keepers obviously we've discussed it. Is it's got to be the priority? Um, but yeah, it, we just we just need, or at least we need people fit back and, and healthy. I, t- I, I totally agree. All, I'm not saying yeah, we need we need to buy people in January, regardless of where we are. But especially in the bottom three, I just mean. If we can't, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to win a game between now and January the first. That's nonsensical. Um, but if just say it happens, say we go, you know, say I don't know, say Shelby gets injured, mm-hmm. we're fucked. We are fucked yeah. if Shelby gets injured. Say Lascelles gets a serious injury, doesn't come back. Say Kieran Clark gets sent off and's out for three games. It's like you know, and Bemba's nowhere near the first team at the moment, so that that's all right. But it's like. I don't want to just get you know basically like we're done in the McLaren that was just get to January we'll spend a fortune we did it didn't work because we kept the whole of the manager too long this is a totally different scenario but it's just you know we we need points in the next few weeks Norman I kind of leave leave the last word to you Uh, where where are we at the moment do you think in comparison to our let's call them relegation rivals because that's success this season I still don't think we'll get relegated anywhere near it but where where are we in comp- you know in comparison to our relegation rivals in your opinion? Um, it's difficult to say right now because we've just come off a, a game against Man U. I think I think any opinion on on that question will be a lot uh, a lot more definitive after the match against Watford on Saturday. But if you look at West Brom, if you look at Swansea, um, they're really struggling at the moment. Field, I still think we'll get sucked into it. Um, the loss yesterday, and, and as, as I say, I still think we'll get sucked into it. Bournemouth are in the ascendancy, no doubt about that. I still think Stoke are going to have trouble. Um, and I think West Ham and boys also, you're looking at four or five teams there right now who, who even after after us losing our last three games, are still in a worse position um, than we are. Um, and we are still five points clear of the, the relegation zone. So, Saturday's match, God, I mean, this sounds, this sounds, it does sound hyperbolic, but... It is a big game on Saturday. I think um, I think three points on Saturday is very important because obviously we know the run of games that we've got coming up. The next three home games are, are exceptionally important. Um, so yeah, we're not we're not in a particularly bad place. There are, there are definitely teams below us, but one next three points is is going to be huge. Thank you, Norman. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back probably Thursday with the Watford preview. Uh, we'll also have the weekly YouTube video out. This Wednesday, I'll probably put a Twitter poll or something up uh, to let uh, people vote about what the topic of discussion is. Thanks very much for listening. Um, You know, Newcastle will be all right, and we'll be back with you on Thursday. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 